How you doing? I'm Doug Devaney, and you're listening to the Plastic Podcasts, Tales of the Irish Diaspora. Now, if I seem a little rushed in today's Plastic Podcast, it's because I've got to get my skates on. Today's guest, Chris McDonough, is one busy man. As founder of Travellers Against Racism and campaigns officer for the Brighton-based charity Friends, Families, Travellers, Chris is an activist, writer and advisor. Plus, he's a dad. Which explains our haste as we're fitting this between school runs. Born to an Irish traveller family in Manchester, Chris founded Travellers Against Racism as a result of watching the Channel 4 Dispatches programme The Truth About Traveller Crime. But we're bound to talk about that in a bit. Once I've asked him, how are you doing? Um, yes, it, it, it's all right, you know, it's just, it's, it's a second day in school, so I'm still getting news for myself. Yes, yes, it's backwards and forwards. It's a small military operation. Exactly what it is, yeah. Bottles, spare nappies, all that sort of thing. Ah, how I remember it and how I never want to go back. Um, I mentioned in that introduction there, the founding of Travellers Against Racism as a response to the the Channel 4 Dispatches programme. If I can take you back there, I mean, so when you're watching it, uh, just for for the listeners uh, who may not be familiar with the programme, what happened there? Well, I was watching it, you know, because all these different programmes, I I like to watch them to, to see how they're kind of, you know, showing my my community basically um so so the name of the title itself that they're that they're kind of intrigued me you know like, i i knew just by the title where 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 the the program was was trying to go you know the truth about travel to crime you know that so straight away with that title it's it's racist replace traveler with any other ethnicity then that the program wouldn't have got to go ahead you know um but seeing as it's travelers, you know, the the the, the filmmakers and the program makers, they don't they don't seem to care about that, and and, and they push it through and put it out anyway. Um, so I was I was watching it, and they were stating all these things that they was claimed to be facts, you know. They had all these these speakers who's come forward, and they weren't showing faces. There was no names. It was just it was all just hearsay, you know. It, it, that could have been anybody who who was saying all these different things about about travelers and 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 that we're all criminals, but not all criminals. That's not true. That there's a stereotype that is spread, and and it's believed. It's it's believed by the uneducated, you know, people who don't know many traveller people. You know, they, they might have met or they might have come across uh, some kind of criminal from the travel community, because obviously there's going to be tri- criminals in the in in every community. Um, but I was I was watching this this program and I was seeing all this, and and I thought to myself. Am I allowed to swear? This is bullshit. This program is bullshit. What they're saying is bullshit. So it, it influenced me and, and, and it made me realize that I had to step forward. I had to do something. I have to try and help make some kind of change, change perceptions, challenge the stereotypes. You know, um, I don't do it for me. I don't do it for me because I, I grew up with all these stereotypes. I grew up with all this hate. I grew up with all, all these different people believe in all this, this, these untrue things, you know, being accused of things I've never done and just, just because I'm a, a traveling man. So I do this for, for, for my children, you know, and, and for everybody else's children from the traveling gypsy community. After starting Travelers Against Racism, is that when you also joined with Friends, Families, Travelers and also the, the Traveller Movement Advisory Board or were you already involved in organisations like that? No, no, I, I, I wasn't involved. I, I think it was through my work and Travelers Against Racism that, that kind of led me down these different avenues and, and open up these different opportunities. Um, they're brilliant organisations, you know. Um, 
they're doing a lot of good work to challenge stereotypes themselves and and you know um it, it was good to be to get involved and and be to have that opportunity to step forward and, and say things on behalf of, of myself my children you know and, and to speak not for my community because i i don't speak for my community i i speak for myself i i i'm not the vice of of the traveling community i'm a vice but i'm not the vice starting this campaign op- opened uh, a few different avenues for me and and it, it eventually led me to where i am now yeah I wanted to stay on the subject of the programme in particular. It received a vast number of complaints about it to Ofcom. As far as I'm aware, they opened their investigation back in May 2020. And we are talking now in early September 2021. And Ofcom tends to, or at least claim to, try to have their investigations wrapped up within 50 days. And now it's been over a year. Do you know if there's any sense that uh, Ofcom are ever going to make a ruling on this? They've made a ruling. They came out and they said that it, it was no breach, you know blatant discrimination, blatant racism, you know. I just can't understand, despite all the complaints, the title alone should be enough to understand that the, the, the intent of the programme, you know. They was making a whole entire ethnic minority, a whole community criminal by association. They found people who, who did commit crime from the travelling community and they spread the stereotype and they spread the, the lie that, that we're all criminals. We're not all criminals. You know, there, there, there's good and bad everywhere. There's good and bad in every community, you know. What the, what these program makers they never do is they never show the good side that the traveling gypsy community do, you know. I don't know. I don't know if you know about a couple of couple of years ago there was a it was kind of like a game where everybody, all the traveling gypsy uh, people, we was kind of challenging each other to donate. It was, it was and we filled up all the food banks. I don't know if you saw that. So what we do was I could go into the a supermarket i'd fill up a trolley with food i'd pay for it and then i'd make a video and i say well i challenge you now i nominate you as on nominations so i nominate you just say my one of my cousins my brothers whoever it was and then that there they have to then uh within the next couple of days whatever it was they have to then go do the same fill up their their trolley pay for it challenge somebody else nominate somebody else and then we get that food and we donate that to the food banks and at one point the food banks was trying to turn us away because they, they had that much food you know but it's the same at christmas we we, we donate money and we donate ties to, to the less fortunate you know to, to children who children in need who, who whose mothers and fathers are probably in some kind of you know dire rut and, and they can't get out of it and, and they need that little bit of help and, and we, we, we donate ties for, for the purpose that every child can enjoy, a, a, you know, open a present at Christmas, you know. But these program makers won't make a program about that. They love to sensationalize and they love to make programs that demonize a whole community, you know. And I'm probably going to spoil whatever broadcasting career I have with Channel 4, but it does seem as though the channel has form where the travel community is concerned. I mean, in particular, I'm thinking about My Big Fat Gypsy Wedding as a series. Yeah, that there was another one that 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 there. I think that was the that kickstarted the the whole program making bullshit. To be honest with you, like like there's things in that in that there where we do state this fact again, spreading stereotypes and lies, grabbing, grabbing for instance. I don't know if you know what what grabbing is supposed to be. The boy approaches the girl at a wedding or somebody he likes, and he grabs her and makes her kiss him. I never heard about that. I'm a traveling man. I I've I've been going to the weddings my whole life, weddings, Christmas, whatever. I went to all these dudes and these parties, and not until that program did I see anything about grabbing. 
I didn't have a clue what that was. So what they did was they got something that somebody probably did, or, or maybe a small little minority did. And then these stereotypes, I said, it's the whole community that do that. It's a common thing. It's not common. It's not common. That would, in, in our community, if somebody is going to grab your sister, you're not going to stand. It's not going to happen. You know, that's like an assault. They're assaulting your sister. That's not going to happen. There, there is some that, that, that believe in it. But me personally, my family, my friends, everybody who I know does not believe in that. Why do you think that uh, the Irish traveling community are fair game? Socially acceptable, isn't it? You know, the public uh, needs somebody to hate and, and the media seem to have chosen us. And, you know, but it's always been that way. We, we've, my my father, my father's father, everybody, we've all grown up with this this kind of hatred, this stereotype hanging over us. And and it's become socially acceptable to, to hate traveller people. You know, the, the media isn't helping because... The media and, and the newspapers, they seem to think that it's newsworthy to put up that traveller people are, are, are put down to like a, a bit of waste ground or something, you know, and, and that they can make front page news. How I don't understand how people who have nowhere else to go make the news, how, how that is important news that people need to hear. I don't understand that, that there's that there's just using people's situations, you know, to, to to, to the newspaper's advantage so they can get clicks and they can get visits. But, it, but they, they don't understand that what they're doing is they're, they're, they're taking photos of families who could be desperate, have nowhere else to go. And then they're making an issue and they're making making news out of their living situations, you know? Because across the across the UK, there's a nationwide shortage of sites and stuff and places. These travellers who, who's on, on these bits of waste ground or could be in a car park, they're only a symptom of the larger problem. The larger problem being that there isn't enough space across the country and all the sites across the country because there isn't enough sites. We, we have traditional stop places. The local authorities have built down, either blocked off, built down, sold, got rid of, you know, but these stopped us from going to these traditional stopping places. That leaves us with very little option. Recent survey, um, there was nearly 2,000 families on a waiting list to get onto these sites. How, how long is that going to take for these families to get in, you know, because there's families already living on and these sites, you know, there, there's, there's, there's not enough places for, for us to go. But where are we supposed to go? How can they tell us you have to leave? They didn't they, come and they say you have to leave the spot. They tell us you have to leave here. But where are we supposed to go? What are we supposed to do? Is this uh, an awful lot of what you do with when you're addressing travellers against racism or are there other areas that you're dealing with? I try and change stereotypes. I try to educate, you know, people who believe the stereotypes. They do. There's people who's approached me on my page and they believe these stereotypes. And when they took the time out to talk to me and I've spoke to them, they speak to me like I'm a person with an open mind and I do the same. And then I'll explain why the stereotypes that they are led to believe, because it's, it's, it's reinforced through the media, you know, through, through these newspaper articles and because they, they love to sensationalize and, and, and blame an entire community for the actions of a of a singular person. It's bits of everything. It's it's it's, it's challenging stereotypes. It's it's educating it's uh, calling out racism when I see it. You know, I, I have I have people who, who were believing these stereotypes and I've spoke to them. I've changed their minds. I know they've become allies and they helped me in turn to challenge these stereotypes and, and educate, you know, because if I can change the mind of one person and then they can go on and, and speak about the truth about traveler people, you know, that there were not the stereotypes that people believe and they can spread that message, then that, that's a victory, you know, because... If I could just plant that seed, you know, hopefully it'll grow into a tree.
You're listening to The Plastic Podcasts. We all come from somewhere else. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Our guest Chris McDonough was born to a traveller family in Manchester, a family that found themselves housed due to personal circumstances. However, he dislikes the term settled travellers. I want to know more about where this comes from, but first I want to know more about how his story began. My mother's from the west of Ireland and so is my father. Whereabouts? Uh, Sligo and County Mayo. And how they meet? My father was, it was in Newcastle and uh, he, he saw her on a bridge. She was crossing the bridge and he was, he was with his brother at the time. And he said, um, I don't know who she is, but that's the woman I'm going to marry. And he did. They got married eventually, but he never gave up on her. Yeah. So I think it was love at first sight for them. One of the other interviewees who will be coming earlier than you in the series tells almost exactly the same story about his own parents. That his dad turns to his friend after seeing his mom and says, if I'm not married to that woman in the next couple of years, there's something wrong with the world. Um, so born in Manchester and part of the, the, the travelling community there. What was that like? Well, I was born just outside Manchester and, and my birth certificate is like uh, born on traveller's site and it gives a address like the, the road name that there is a, a is, is a sense of pride for me you know because not only am i a traveler but my birth certificate recognizes me as a traveler man um but growing up in manchester around manchester ways it was as a as an irish traveler you know it it, it it was tough it was tough sometimes it was tough yeah there was good parts there was bad parts you know but the constant from from a young age we, we grow up and we have to get used to Racism, you know, we have to get used to. We we expect to be racially abused. We we are taught to expect to be racially abused because it's it's something that that that's common, you know. What are you doing here? You're this, you know, the p word, and I don't want to say the words because they're, they're very derogatory, and I don't like to hear them. Um, but I was called a lot of racist names, you know, just 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 because I I lived in in a trailer, you know. I don't I don't understand why people, even as a child, they used to think this. I I, I didn't know. I had no grasp of the concept that people could hate me without knowing me as a person because I live in a trailer I, I live a different kind of, of lifestyle, I don't live in a trailer now I don't live in a trailer now, but when I did they hated me for that fact it's, it's kind of I don't know. Did you have many brothers or sisters? I've got six brothers, two sisters. That must have been a crushed trailer. <laughs> yeah there was a couple, there was more than one <laughs> And how big was the site? We, we didn't really stop. It was more camps. There was a fella, I forget his name. He used to work for the for the council. And he used to follow us from like camp to camp. He used to help us. He used to tell us, like, you can stay here two weeks, a week. You could, you have to live in a few days. But he, he helped us and he gave us the information that we needed. And if we needed help with, like, uh, doctors or, or anything like that, he could initiate that. He could he could help my father and my mother to, to go get these appointments that was needed at the time. But I don't think that there's very common anymore, that there's not common anymore. It's more of a, like I was saying earlier, it's more of a travellers are here, you know, they've invaded, there's incursion, to use all this militaristic language. Less of acceptance and more of an attack now. And what are your fonder memories of Luna the Trader? The freedom, the freedom, you know. You know, spending time with my family. We we, we, we used to, we'd build dens, you know. We, we'd pull up when we'd be near forests or we'd be near trees or lakes and, We'd spend the summer like in, in the lakes or learning to swim or sword fighting with branches and building bow and arrows, playing cowboys and Indians, hiding in the bushes and and building these dens. So, so we was like invading castles. I remember all these things. But it was good because 
as a family unit, as a child of people, as a family unit, we're, we're close. We grow up close, and we stay close when we, we when we get older. You know, we, we still attend each other's christenings, weddings, even though I, I'm hundreds of miles away from my family now, like two hundred miles. We still we still meet up, and and when we do meet up, we might not have seen each other for for a year, two years. But it's like we, there's no change, you know. It's like we've only just seen each other yesterday. That there's no distance between us because that's the way we're growing up. We can't associate, or it's it's not for lack of want. It's more of a we have to be careful who we associate with because we know that we're stereotyped. We know that that we're seen as outsiders. You know, we're the periphery of society, and we know that. So so all we have is is each other. So we grow up with each other and we stay with each other and we stick with each other. I have friends who, who's from the settled community. And they're, they're nice people. But there's also people still to this day who judge me just for being a traveller. They don't judge me as a person. They don't know me as a person. All they see is a traveller. I was going to move on to that because if we're talking about the Irish diaspora and you know that's what this podcast is really all about, it strikes me that Irish travellers are kind of swept to one side when it comes to talking about the diaspora. And I, I get the impression that's also the case in Ireland itself. Where that's right, concerned. yeah, that's right. And it, it strikes me that it's, it, that it's almost a two-way thing. To a certain extent, I, th- I think in, in Ireland as well, it's, it's the same as in as in, in England, the UK. Um, we're seen as as kind of like the lesser kind of people, you know. The, you know, in, in Ireland, we're the only indigenous group of Ireland, but we're not, we're not recognised as that, you know. We come from Ireland. We are Irish travellers. And we're proud, you know. We we still we, we still fly the, the the Irish flag, you know. Um, but in Ireland as well, it's the same kind of thing, you know. We're we're seen as less, you know, and I, it's it the, the, the media's interpretation of us is it's 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 only demonising the demonising us as people, you know. I'd I'd love I would love if people spoke to us and, and saw us as people, you know, you know. They they don't see there's like this this title and it's hanging over you and it's. You're an Irish traveller. I'm proud to be an Irish traveller. But there's a title that when other people see it, that's an Irish traveller. They're going to say, he's not a person. He's not like me. He's not like you. That's an Irish traveller. We have to avoid him. That That's on both sides of the water. You, you know, that they're the same kind of thing. And you, you could say as well, in certain parts of Ireland as well, it's worse. It's worse than, than it is in, in England. There was a recent story um, not too long ago. And there was a, an Irish traveller family. And he was homeless. He was homeless for a long time. They had nowhere to go. So so the local authority ended up finding them a house. So the, the local community didn't find out the travellers was moving into this house. Um, they went round and they petrol-bombed the house. They petrol-bombed the house because travellers was going to live there because they didn't want travellers around them. That was a homeless family. That was that, that was children. They was looking forward to, to, to going there, moving in, starting school, settling down, you know, making friends. But they never even got that opportunity because the local community decided that they didn't want travellers in the area with, without getting to know them as people, you know. Like I was saying, they only seen the title, Travellers, and that was it. They, they burnt the house down. I read your, your your blog that you had up for Friends, Families, Travellers, and you talk about a point at which you're, you you go off to the shops in order to pick up some, some transfers when you're just a, a little kid. You kind of get lost, and then all of a sudden you're surrounded by a bunch of other kids who, who, who decide that because you're, you're a traveller, you're you're clearly now to be to be picked on in here, and somebody comes on in to basically to rescue you. Yeah, yeah, she did. Yeah, I I was going to the shop. I remember I was probably about five, I think, and I used to go to the shop with all my brothers, but he wasn't there. They do 
I don't know if he was off playing somewhere else and I was by myself. So I decided that the shop wasn't far because I used to go with him and, and I kind of knew the way or had an idea of the way. So I had 50 pence in my pocket, a lot of money. And I decided I wanted to go buy these chungums that had the little tattoos on it. You can rub onto your arms. And I got lost. I walked away from the camp and I got lost. Um, I ended up getting surrounded, uh, pushed to the ground, you know, con names and, and whatever else. And I, I, I remember, I, as, as a child, I remember, you know, that, that, that feeling of helplessness. I didn't know what I'd done wrong. I, I didn't have a clue what was happening. I was, I was being attacked and, and I wasn't sure why. And, you know, because I, I didn't know these people. I didn't know what was happening. But I was a child and I had to go through that, you know. I'm not the only person, I'm not the only traveler person that had to go through that, you know. There's a lot of, a lot of racism, because that's what it is, it's racism. And it's, it's, it's instilled, you know, from, from, from when they're young, because, you know, if, if somebody's hearing their parents saying, oh, they're just this, they're just that, you know, they're going to start believing that's what they are, you know, because that's what they hear, that's what they use to. It, it needs to start with the parents. The parents need to educate the, their young that, that travelers are people. You know, that, that we're not animals, we're not criminals, we're not, you know, I'm not saying that there isn't criminals in the community, because there is, there's criminals in every community, but what I am saying is, we're people, and, and there's a lot of people, they don't want to see that, you know, they, they choose to see us as, as how the media portrays us, it's, it's just, that's just how I, I, I grew up with, 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 you know, all these different thoughts, and I'm trying to change these this way of thinking because this is the way I think. I don't want my children to grow up thinking the same way I did. I don't want them growing up experiencing the things I did. I want them to grow up and, and have a chance in life. I want them to grow up, you know, get education, um, be educated, you know, grow up as people, be accepted for who they are. Because that, that that's all anybody really wants is to be accepted for who they are, you know. There's a, there's, a, there's a big lack of acceptance that we have to overcome, you know, even to get the same equal opportunities as everybody else, because we're, we're not presented opportunities that everybody else has, you know. For some traveller people, running on water and a toilet that flushes is classed as a luxury, you know. Something that everybody else has in the house all day, every day. There's a lot of traveller people who, who have no access to water and they have no... No work in Thailand. It's been reported that there were some local authority sites. It's been months. People have been months without like running water or, or, or work in sanitation. It can be a luxury for, for some people just to have, you know, the, the basic necessities that a human being needs. We'll be back with Chris McDonough in a moment. Now, usually, this is the part of the podcast that I call The Plastic Pedestal, where I ask one of my interviewees to nominate a member of the diaspora of personal, cultural or political significance to them. This week, Lorraine Marr, founder of I Am Irish, brings a personal dimension and her own unique take on the pedestal, reinforcing that we do all come from somewhere else. I was going to talk about um, a Jamaican woman that kind of took me in like her child when I was young. She had five children and... She literally, like my kids called her Nan, but she just taught me how to be a woman. She taught me how to be proud of my skin. She taught me how to be proud of my hair. She taught me how to look after my hair. She taught me to love my mother, regardless of what pain there had been before. She just taught me how to be. And, and sadly, I lost her the same year that I lost my mother. Her name was Ivy, Ivy Rose Campbell, beautiful woman. Nanny Ivy. And you know what? Because she even taught me so much about why I should be proud of being Irish. 
um, you know, why it was so why it was so important. And and she, you know, she she really used to make she used to make great roast potatoes actually. But you know, she she was really kind of taught me. She's taught me so much about Ireland, about Guinness, about Irish mosh, about um, you know potatoes, all of the kind of connections. But really brought them all to life um, for me. Really did. She's called me her Irish daughter. She's a very special lady. So to be honest with you, in my life, that's the woman that has had the most significance in my life. Lorraine Ma there. And if you want to hear more of her brilliant interview, or indeed any of our other brilliant interviews, then check out our episodes page at www.plasticpodcasts.com. Also available on Spotify, Amazon or Apple Podcasts. And if you want the latest offerings from TPP, then why not subscribe? Place your email address in the space at the foot of our homepage at www.plasticpodcasts.com and one confirmatory click later, you'll be getting all the plastic bounty you can handle and more. Now back to Chris McDonough. And following our talk of being settled and looking at headlines regarding the traveller community, there's one particular take that I want his thoughts on. And that is that being a traveller in this day and age... It's a lifestyle choice. No, it's not a choice. No, it's 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 who we are as people. The name traveller, you know, it, it kind of insinuates it's for people who travel. Our, our original name was a traveller. You know, we we was called Pavi. You know, that that that's that's what we're mainly known as back in Ireland. So I I think that the name traveller came from people who because we used to work, we used to wander the roads like we've been over all backwards and forwards since there's been reports back to the 11th century. Um, of a wandering people who came over from Ireland, but the, the name we it wasn't really reported, and I think it was the 19th century. But we've been coming backwards and forwards all the fears for 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 hundreds of years. It's it's not a lifestyle choice. It's who we are. It's artistic, you know. It it it's it's not what we practice. It's it's who we are as people. There, there's this old saying that says, if you put a cat into a dog house, at what point does that cat become a dog? You know, and it's the same for travellers. You can put us in house, you can put us in bricks and mortar, but we're not going to become settled people. We're travellers because that's who we are. And going on to that, uh, there was a point at which um, family did move into a house, didn't they? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there, there was a, a family illness. So, yeah, we, we, we ended up moving into a house. So we were kind of backwards and forwards moving into the house, back into the trailers. But we moved into a house in, in, in Manchester. The workers, they were working on the house. This is a different story. I don't, I, I haven't, nobody knows about this. Um, so there was workers who was working in the house. These council workers, or I don't know, they 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 was they was plastering the house anyway. So I I went because we was camped close by. So I went to see this house, and the council workers was inside. They said, "What are you doing here?" I said, I "Just come to look at the house." He says, "You're not going to live here." I said, "Yeah, my family's moving here." They said, "No, you dirty beep beep beep." Do, do you know what I mean? This is council workers, and they said, "You're you're not going to live here. This, this is for somebody else. This house is for someone else." So that there was another thing. All the, these experiences have led me down this, this road to lead me to where I am today and, and where I feel like I have, you know, it's not even a need, you know, it's not even a want. It's a, it's a moral duty where I have to challenge these people and change their stereotypes and change change their perceptions and how do you see us, you know, because I, I, I take it on myself. I, I know I can't change the world. I'm not going to change the world. But if I can change one mind, you know, like I said, that's a success to me. Going back to your own childhood, what was school like? School was, yeah, it was just school, I guess. Um, it was, it's what it was used to. I, I was put into a class and there was a table. There was a table and, and everybody's called the traveller table. 
and all the, the, the other children in the class, they used to like, oh, they're, they're stinky, they're smelly, they, you know, all the travels around the table, and they used to go their own way and they'd leave us. Um, the teacher gave us, used to give us paper, like a bit of paper, a book or something, a couple of felt tips or something, and said just like, entertain yourself, draw pictures. And we, we, But at this table, it was just travellers. The other students was being taught, and we was kind of left at this table to our own devices, you know. I wanted to learn. I wanted to learn. And there was times I wasn't given that opportunity. There was one person, because I, I, I used to love reading, and I still do. But um, there was one teacher. She wasn't a teacher. She was a volunteer. And she saw, she saw what was going on, and she kind of plucked me from the class, and she knew that I wanted to read, and I loved reading, and I loved drawing, and I wanted to learn. And she kind of took me, and she used to sit me in the library. And she taught me how to read, basically. It was her who taught me how to read. And she was the one who, who kind of gave me a little bit of hope, you know, because I used to look forward then because I used to hate school. And then when she started taking me to the side and trying to teach me things, I kind of looked forward to it. I enjoyed it because I was given the opportunity to learn. Do you know what I mean? I, I, was, I was given the same opportunity as everybody else, and, and I appreciated that. Probably I probably appreciate it more than others because I was being denied it. It's those individual acts of kindness, isn't it? That's all it takes. That's all it takes. You know, it, it, it's it's like a ripple effect. You know, you drop a little stone into a pond, you know, that that stone is going to make ripples. It's only going to get bigger and bigger. If you could be the stone, one act of kindness, you know, that's that's all it really takes sometimes, you know, just, just that one act of kindness. It's like my mother has a saying and she says, if you see somebody... I think she got off Dolly, Dolly Parton to tell you so. Um, she said, if you see somebody who's sad, borrow them your smile, you know, because you smile at somebody, they smile back. And then they pass on the smile because the smile's infectious. So that, that's something that she used to say to me. Yeah. Being, being a traveler, a gypsy person, you treat it diff- you're treated differently through, throughout life, you know, through all the experiences that you're supposed to experience as a child, the things you're supposed to enjoy. It's, you know, we're, we're kind of pushed to the outside. We treat these children like children. We treat these people like travellers, you know. They had different ways of treating us. It, it, it was common. I think it's, it still happens. It does still happen. I know it still happens. I, I've been told through my page, as well, through my Travel Against Racism page, it still happens. There's still racism and, and these uh, inequalities across the board that definitely need to be addressed. And, and I think through the different campaigns and the different things that myself and and other organizations not that i'm an organization i'm just a singular person running a twitter account but there's organizations and and they're running campaigns and they're doing running big campaigns and they're doing a great job in in changing the whole perspective of the travel and gypsy community you know You're listening to The Plastic Podcasts, Tales of the Irish Diaspora. Email us at theplasticpodcasts at gmail.com. Now, I wish we had more time to chat with Chris McDonough, but that school bell will be ringing soon. So we quickly touch on a couple of points. And the first one is the rise in awareness of traveller issues, particularly online. I wonder if this is a move towards a greater understanding, or is there something else at play? I think through social media, you know, because there's a lot of travellers now who... who have basic literacy skills you know there's a lot more now who can read more than it was say 10 20 years ago so due to that fact they know how to join social media and 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 so i think i think due to that fact as well that kind of gives other traveler gypsy people the opportunity to spread 
uh, the things that's happening or, or the inequalities they face. So it's, it's, it's become a more addressed because it's become a more public, you know. It was always swept to the side or brushed under the carpet, but now there's not really the opportunity to do that because there's a lot of people now who will speak up for for for, for what's right because the, we grew up, we grew up and, and we... It's, it's kind of sad to think about it. We learn to expect these inequalities because we see it as normal, you know, because that, that's what everybody else has gone through as well. But then if we can see the, the, the wider picture, we can see we're kept away from, from these certain uh, opportunities because we're, 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 not, we're not settled, you know, through the social media, you know, these, these, these different things can be addressed, they can be challenged. Because people are willing to stand up now, they're willing to stand up and talk more because we have more of a platform. Because there's there's social media and people are willing to listen to a better extent than it was say 20 years ago. Language is important where you're concerned, isn't it? What you mean? You've already said that there are certain words that you don't like using. And in the, uh, in, the in the preamble to this, of course, we talked about the the, the term settled. Calling somebody a settled traveller to me that's that's detracting from the fact that they're a traveller. You know, that's kind of given giving somebody else a, a, a different name for their culture. You know, it's, it's kind of, to me, it feels like the slowly, it's, it's a slowly stripping away of, of our identity because we're traveller people. We're not settled traveller people. It doesn't matter if we're settled, we're still travellers. You know, we, we can live in a house and we're still travellers. But then to stick that kind of name onto us as they're a settled traveller, it detracts from the fact that we're still traveller people and we still have the rights that a traveller person has, you know, the right to roam, the right to travel, you know, because that's who we are, that's who our people is, that's who we've always been. And then for somebody to, to come along and, and stick that 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 on us, that they're not travellers anymore, they're, they're travellers, but they're settled travellers kind of thing. It's just that that's my personal opinion, that a settled traveller is still a traveller. So why do you have to call them a settled traveller? They're a traveller at the end of it. When we talk about often the Irish diaspora in this country, there's that sense that they're neither one thing nor the other. They're neither like, British enough to be British nor Irish enough to be Irish. Uh, and was that a, a similar case when you guys moved into the house? That perhaps you weren't necessarily seen as, as like a traveller enough any longer because you'd moved into a, into a house. Is this why the settled thing comes in there? No. Um, well, when we moved in, we was obviously we, was, we were seen as outsiders. You know, we, we weren't part of the community that we moved into. Straight away, we, we, was, we were seen as outsiders. Like... Um, all the other children used to gather up outside because we had a big a big front yard and they used to gather up outside and call the names, throwing stones or whatever. We had to go up defend ourselves, you know, because we've been attacked constantly. So, yeah, um, I don't think it leads back to to us moving there. And it's, it's not the fact that that we went we, we ended up having to stop traveling around. It, it's that that's not why I think we shouldn't be called settled travelers. I like I explained, we're still travelers. Travellers in the, in the lifestyle size, you know, it's who we are as a people, it's our ethnicity, you know, that's who we are. It, it's, it, it's more than just an explanation or, or a, a description, because it, it, it's not, if you're going to describe us as people, then, then we're the travelling people. We're not people who travel, that, because there's a lot of us who, who had to stop, like I, was, like I was saying, there's a lot of us who had to stop travelling um, due to personal circumstances, but we're still travellers. I've come across individuals who make a difference, say, between uh, English uh, English gypsies, Romos and travellers, and Irish travellers. Do you think there's a difference? Like, obviously, we come from different places, but we, we have a lot more in common than we do differences, you know? Um, we experience the same inequalities. We experience the same 
you know, anger, hatred towards us as people, you know. We experience the same fact that people see us as outsiders, you know. So so there's 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 something that it though we're different people, we're we're kind of the same at the same time because you know we, we have all the same experiences, you know, we 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 went through the, the same things as each other. The reason why I mentioned that is, as I'm sure you're aware, the Ponton situation was such that there was a series of Irish surnames that like, uh, had a list and none shall pass on the top <laughs> of it and you know, a little picture of Gandalf. And it was a series of Irish names and like, uh, there, there was a disagreement there between Irish groups and, uh, and traveller groups. Uh, one of which went like you see it's anti-Irish racism there and it's uh, and the and the traveller groups went, no, it's anti-traveller racism there. Whereas from my perspective, it looked like it was a combination of the two. Yeah. Um, but my surname, that, that my surname was on the list. Um, my wife's surname before she was married was on the list. There's a lot of names on the list that isn't traveling people. So I I personally think I know this this blacklist was targeting at travelers. There, there was probably there was targeting Irish as well. I, I'm not saying there wasn't, but what I will say is there was a definite targeting of travelers in that list. I have family members who phoned up, tried to book it beforehand, before the, this list ever came out. And this has been going on for years. And they've been told. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, you, 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 that that day is free. That day is free. But then they get a phone back, call back, or they say, "Oh no, we're, we're we're double booked or something." But then if we get somebody from the set community, somebody we know, and they, they'll phone and try and book the same day at the same time, they, then automatically, you know, it's 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 a miracle that they're free now. You know, that list does have lots of different names, and I'm not detracting away from from the the possibility that it's it's aimed at Irish people, uh, English people, German, whoever, you know. But I, I am saying that. There was a definite part of it that was aimed specifically at travellers. We're running low on time, so I'm going to like uh, finish up with you because you're a busy man. You know, it's hard to keep up with you. So I'm going to like uh, take us down to my, my last three questions, if I may. And first of all, is that um, you were a gardener for a while? I was. I was. What was the great thing about that? I've always liked doing gardening. Like I, I used to do it when I was a, a child. When I, when I was young, I was I was only uh, a kid. I used to walk around with uh, shears. And a rake, and I used to go around knocking on the neighbors and ask them, Could I cut their grass for them? You know, and, and I'd get like two pounds, three pounds, five pounds, and then I think I was rich, and then I could buy all the rubber and tattoos that I wanted. It was just something that I, that I did enjoy. My my oldest son, he he loves it already, you know, he has little tie lawnmower and he's always cutting the, the carpets, you know. He's always, it's just short enough now for you, Daddy. I said, that's a good job. Yeah, here's, and I've got to pay him a pound, you know. He, he, he waits for the payment. The gardening was, was mainly, it, it take my mind off things as well, you know, because I enjoy doing it. And speaking of your children, are you hopeful for their future? Mm-hmm. We've talked about them a few times and so forth. You know, but this, there's a new law coming out, the the Police Powers Bill, the PCSE Bill. And that there is is it's going to criminalise the intent to reside. So so travellers who pull down to a ground is going to turn it from a civil offence into a criminal offence. So I don't feel I feel like they're slowly stripping away. The government is trying to slowly strip away our basic rights as as, as a nomadic people. And the fact that they're stripping that away, you know, and 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 they're getting away with it. It it doesn't bode well for the future, you know, because they're stripping away. A heritage, the strip, stripping away a culture that's been here for hundreds of years, and they're slowly trying to dismantle and eradicate it. You know, so for the future, I, there's not much hope for the future. But like I said, if I could just change one person's mind, you know, then they can go on and they can treat another traveler who they can meet down the road. They can treat them with with a bit more respect, a bit more understanding. Then. You know, that, that's that's just a bonus to me. And the final question, it's a variation of my usual one, which is, what does being an Irish traveller mean to you? It means everything to me. 
you know, it's who I am as a person. It's it's turned me into who I am. It's taught me what I know, you know. It's been, being a traveler has led me down the road that I have traveled and, and that's led me towards where I am now with my children, you know. And as a traveler person, if I wasn't a traveler person, I, I, I wouldn't have all these experiences, you know. I wouldn't be able to try and make a difference, you know, because I think I think if, if I didn't experience everything I've experienced, then if, if I was born into a settled community, I'd, I'd probably just be the same and, and just believe the stereotypes and look in the newspaper and follow the hatred, you know, because the media, the, the influence, people see the media as gospel. So what, what the media says is true in the newspapers and the news, you know, but they don't take the time to, to get to know us as people. So I think if, if there's one thing I want people to take away from this is don't see us as, as, as a stereotypes. Open your mind, you know, clear your mind. All these things that you're expecting us to be and, and get to know us as people, as individuals, you know, because that's who we are. We're a community, but we're a community of individuals. We're not all the same. We're not homogenous, you know. Get to know us as people. You've been listening to The Plastic Podcasts with me, Doug Devaney, and my guest, Chris McDonough. The pedestal was provided by Lorraine Ma and music by Jack Devaney. Find out more about us at www.plasticpodcasts.com. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or email us at theplasticpodcasts at gmail.com. The Plastic Podcasts is a production of The Plastic Projects.